Welcome to the Go All In podcast. I'm your host, Robert Bruss, and today on the show, we have Jeremy Slate from commandyourbrand.com. Jeremy is a fellow podcaster with more than 800 interviews under his belt. He's really experienced. Jeremy knows how to hold an audience's attention, not only as a host, but also as an interviewer. And he's interviewed some of the biggest names in podcasting that there is. There's lots to learn from him, so let's get started. G'day everyone, I trust that you're well and you and your family and business are also doing well. If this is your first time here at the Go All In podcast, welcome. It's great to have you here. This podcast is for you if you're just starting out in business, considering a business, or you might have been a seasoned entrepreneur for years. My guests and I will give you the strategies and the tactics that you need to help you to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be much faster than you ever thought possible. To get there, you're going to have to work hard, learn some new things, but most of all, you're going to have to go all in. And I created and I do this show because there's nothing I like more than eliminating roadblocks and shortcut, shortcutting the path to success. In fact, I can't wait to celebrate your success with you. So make sure you reach out to me via email or social media. Now, before we get into the show today, just take a little peek at your phone and hit the subscribe button on the app that you're listening in on. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll on down and hit the subscribe button there. And don't forget to ring the bell. That way you'll always have some motivation and some go all in love right there in your pocket. Lastly, if you like what you hear today, please share this episode with your friends and your family. Jeremy and I have got an important message to share today, and Jeremy's got a pretty cool story as well. And if we can help just one or two people to break through their barriers and get unstuck, then Jeremy and I would have done our job here on the podcast today. All righty, let's get into today's show. As I mentioned at the very top of the show, Jeremy Slate is a highly experienced podcast host and guest speaker. His company, Command Your Brand, will help you gain alignment and get you booked onto industry-relevant podcasts. If you're an entrepreneur, a doctor, an author, an expert, an opinion or thought leader, or corporation, or you've just got a great product or service that needs the right attention, then podcasting is the ideal medium to help you grow awareness and ultimately to secure more sales. But in order to do that, and in order for that to be successful, you need a plan. And Jeremy and his team are ideally placed to help you to do just that. Let's find out how it all works. I'm excited he's here, so please help me in welcoming Jeremy Slate. Jeremy Slade, welcome to the Go All In podcast. It's great to have you here, mate. Hey, brother. Thank you so much for having me today, man. I'm, I'm stoked to get a chance to chat. No worries. Well, it's always great to have a fellow podcaster to come on the show and uh, have a discussion, but it's even better to have a fellow podcaster to come on and talk about podcasting, which is yeah, a, man. Uh, something near and dear to my heart. But before we get into any of that craziness today, let's get to know you a little bit. Why don't you tell the audience where you're from and how it all started for you? 
Yeah, so I am actually, uh, I'm in New Jersey, a little bit outside of New York City. Um, it's, it's interesting because when I explain it, people are like, oh, you're so close to the city. I'm like, yeah, if I have two hours to get there, but even yeah. though I'm 45 minutes away. So it's like, it's an interesting world. But for me, like my background doesn't really like lead me to what I do today. So I have a master's in uh, ancient history. I studied how the Roman emperor convinced people he was God. And uh, I, I studied literature at New College, Oxford in the UK. And uh, from there, I was decided I was going to be a college professor. I applied to one school, which was NYU. You, I didn't get in. And from there, I'm like, all right, what do you do from here? So getting out of school, I actually um, worked as a painter for a little bit. And at, at night, I also worked at the gym. So I was working like 16, 17 hours a day. So from there, I actually ended up uh, teaching high school for a couple of years. I got burnt out super quick. And my mom had a stroke in 2012. And it led me to like, look into a lot of what I was doing. And, you know, does it matter? Like, you know, where is this going? And I went through a whole bunch of different things, man, to try and figure out what worked. I did network marketing, uh, which I hadn't seen before. So I'm like, okay, two people, I'm a millionaire. It's going to be great. Um, (laughs) And it didn't work like that. And uh, from there, I went to selling life insurance, which I was good at, but hating telling people they were going to die and they had to buy this. Mm. And then my final kind of foray was private labeling and selling products on Amazon. But I left the get my product for $1 promo code on my listing and lost everything in about 20 minutes. So that was kind of the end of my end of my career. So I'd been a podcast listener since about 2007. And I decided, hey, let me start a podcast and see how it goes. And really, that's where Create Your Own Life came from. In our first uh, month, we had 10,000 listens and it really led to us starting the agency and everything else. Yeah, that's fantastic. Fantastic. And do you still actively do that podcast or is there just a bunch of podcasts that you've got because i know that this is my original show but i've got a bunch yeah. of other ones as well yeah so the the original show is create your own life it's still going we're at we, we're just about at episode 800 we're at 795 as of tomorrow wow. um and then i do have a couple other shows that i started recently so right now i'm currently in the pre-launch for my book extraordinary so i started a podcast called extraordinary which mm-hmm. i guess features some of our greatest hits in some ways you could say um and then the other podcast i have as well which has been going for uh, a few years on and off is called um, the, the Forces of History. And basically it goes through a lot of like different interesting historical events. Um, I have an interview interview with Dan Carlin from Hardcore History. So that's kind of awesome. feeds the other part of my soul, I guess you could say. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> is history still a passion of yours? Even after- Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm one of those weird people that'll just sit and watch documentaries for hours. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that's me, man. I love it. I love it. Uh, one of one of the podcasts that I've uh, in this all this crazy COVID stuff that we've had around the world in the last couple of months. I I sort of reflected on what it was that I was doing with this show and where it was going, and I got a very clear path and clear plan. And so that's all all really good. There's not really much to think about. So it's yeah. sort of there's sort of like people turn up to the interviews. I do the interviews. They're great. We put them out there. We get lots of listens, lots of feedbacks, and you know it's a really good thing. But I'm sort of like, what else can I do? I've, I feel like I kind of conquered this. <laughs> this version of what it is that I was trying to do. And um, military Australian military history is something near and dear to my heart as well. Um, and I thought, well, what if I could, what if I could read some books and kind of pull some things out and overlay the comparison between what's happening today versus what happened all the way back in history, you know, hundred years ago in the Boer yeah. War in the 1800s in South Africa or something like that. Um, and it's, it's been a really cathartic experience, but I tell you what, what a learning curve it's been. <laughs> I'll tell you what though, man, that process though is really cool, especially like if you're going to do it as podcast content, mm. because you're kind of like working out the content as you're actually creating like the written work, which I think is kind of a cool concept. So I'm, I'm kind of doing something similar with what I'm going to do eventually, you know, with the forces of history podcast. It's like, you might as well show people the process, which kind of creates popularity for when you have something ready to go, you know? 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's been a it's been a really um, it's been a difficult experience for me because I'm I'm not a writer and I don't have a yeah. university level type education. But I love to read books and like you, I love to watch documentaries. And yeah, I, I always find myself asking a lot of questions. I ask mm-hmm. myself a lot of questions, and I ask myself these questions as they relate to my business and other people and clients and whatnot. And then I, I use the the lessons that I've read about or seen or watched or seen something on YouTube or watch a doco or something like that. And try and overlay that into the modern world and see how that actually works. And that's been a real challenge of mine to kind of draw the parallels. And sometimes there's these really big dichotomies between things yeah. that have happened in the past and what's happening in the future and stuff like that. And um, and I don't spend a lot of time looking forward. I spend a lot of time in the present and sure. looking back at the lessons of the past and how they can help us in the present, which obviously moves us forward into the future. It's kind of cool. Well, I think the thing that's interesting about this too, and I don't know if this is something that you've dealt with in that, but like even in doing the history podcast, like the thing I've seen is like when you do an interview with somebody, yes, you do some prep, you're ready to go. You have a conversation, right? Like, and, but it's, it's a different than you prepare for a show like that because the right. other, like a history show or something like that, it's very scripted. Yes. And, and the thing that you have to really work on is, especially with some of the stuff I'm covering, like it's really like dense historical stuff. So like, you put together something written, but at the same time you realize, wow, this doesn't really script well. So you have to kind of work through a lot of that too. And that can be a challenge. And sometimes uh, I, I will record the piece and I'll listen back to the piece. Like yeah. it take me two or three takes to get it right and do it in small segments. So I'm not trying to kill myself doing it in the process, but then get on the other side of it and then listen and go, you know what? It just, it's just so disjointed. It's all over the place. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm discovering my process, right? I'm discovering how to actually do something and formulate something. I think I'm pretty good at copywriting. Like I've built sure. hundreds of websites over the years and written a lot of copy for different people over the years. But when it comes to scripting a podcast that's uh, in a history related podcast, you better well get the facts right and you better bloody well get it in order as well. You know, simple yeah. things like that. It's like, oh God, it's a, it's a different. Well, especially that type of listener because that type of listener will catch you if something's wrong. I've, I've been caught before, man, when something was out of order. So I understand. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks for sharing a little bit of background there uh, with us there, Jeremy. Mate, people coming over to the Go All In podcast to learn more about others that have gone all in. So if you could, mate, could you please share with us your biggest Go All In story or stories and the lessons that you've learned from your commitment to success? Well, I, I think the biggest thing a lot of times, and this is something I kind of learned early in my entrepreneurial experience, is you kind of have to commit when things don't really look right. You know what I mean? Like in terms of like, you kind of have to figure this thing out. I think too many times people are like, okay, I need all the information. I need to know absolutely everything. I need to have the perfect plan. And you, you kind of learn more in that that execution. Honestly, like, you know, our current business, Command Your Brand, was originally called Get Featured Media. And, you know, we had a different business partner and everything else. And, you know, it went really well. We did over six figures in our first nine months in business. And we just had different ideas of where we wanted the company to go. So within nine months, my income was cut off. So then I had to kind of figure out like, what am I going to do? And you got to sort the whole situation out and you don't want to lose staff or anything like that. So basically what I was doing is, you know, I was paying staff out of my pocket, not bringing in income to keep the company going so we could transition to the current version of what we have. And dude, that's rough. Like for three months when you're not making any money, but you're making sure you pay the people that work for you because good people are really hard to find. So that's really in 2016, what we were doing, we were, we had this company that grew really fast, grew really quickly. And then we just wanted to go our separate ways. And then I had to figure out like what to do. So 
that can be really, really difficult, but you have to kind of just commit to the process and work it through because I knew we had a great company. I knew we had a great product and a great process, but especially when you rebrand, which is what we had to do, like you're at square one because people don't know who you are again. So it's, it's this whole interesting kind of dichotomy you end up in. Yeah, it's an interesting position you find yourself in in business as well. I know as a podcaster and, and just being in business for like 15 years, I've just engaged with a lot of people over the years mm-hmm. and there's a lot of lessons that I've learned. Yeah. And often I find myself in a in a fork at a at a fork in the road where you can go left, you can go right, you can go straight, or you can stay right where you are. And and I try and ask myself, well, what would this person have done in this particular situation? Mm. And all of the preparation and all of the historical study that we're kind of like riffing on here a little bit um, doesn't really matter when you've got to make those decisions because sometimes you've just got to commit to it and and go for it. Was there a point there where you thought, of oh, the only thing I can really do is pay these people out of my own pocket to keep this thing going? Was there a point where you thought, maybe I shouldn't be doing that? Well, you know, I, and I also want to add to what you just said, though, too, because that's a really, really valid point. Um, you know, you look at these situations in history or whatever it may be, and you say, okay, well, that's great. But I think the thing that really shows you that, cause I'm a huge reader of biographies and autobiographies and, and, you know, like people have done big things like Sam Walton, Elon Musk. And I think the thing that you learn from that is you see that it can be done and people can work it out because a lot of times they're in worse situations than we ever could have imagined. So I just want to add that to that. And I think that really, really helps. It shows you it can be done. Um, looking at that. Oh, of course, dude, like looking at it, I'm like, where's the next money coming from? Because you have to, you know, we had to figure out like what was splitting up the company going to look like, what was that going to look like? And that takes time. And at the same time you have to pay your people. So really what I was doing um, is I was taking consulting work and that consulting money that I was getting is I was using that to pay my team. And I knew like at some point in time, this was going to work out. And I had seen what we had done in the first nine months of the company. I was like, well, if we can do that, that quickly, not having no one know who we are, I've just got to get through this part of the process. And I know we can do it again. Um, But dude, like, as I said, I was taking consulting work to make it work. You just got to have faith in that idea. And, you know, that ended in September of that year. We didn't have our first sale until New Year's Eve. So like that was, and and because we were figuring out like, where is this going to go? Who's going to get what? What's that going to look like? And then before you kind of come to that agreement, like we went that long without income. So I was doing whatever I could do to make it work for my people to keep everybody on board. And, and I'm proud to say that nobody ever missed a paycheck other than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay, right? That's that's the risk that you take as, as an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. You know, after all of these podcasts that, that I've done talking about the go all in mindset yeah. and, uh, and having these fun conversations with people, I, I find that there's two types of people. There's people that, Uh, have these really methodical plans. It's really well thought out. They know exactly what they're doing. They've done a lot of preparation, sometimes years of preparation before they step off and get going. And it's really no wonder that they've succeeded because they've prepared so well. It's a really great thing. And there's a a lot of people, I would say to you, probably the vast majority, maybe as many as 90% of people that just commit and they have like, they swallow hard, they grit their teeth and go, well, you know what, this thing's going to work out. And you got to have the faith, you know, you, you even said it there. You I, I'm in that, I'm in that 90%, man. I'm in that night. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I knew we could see it through, but at the same time, like, I think it's really important. Like for me, like my business partner is my wife, like we own our company together. And I think that's important too, because like, you know, I'm somebody that it's more like, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to have like 150 typos and it's fine. And I'll just go for it. And she'll read the email and like, be like, ah, so, really good to have that person that balances you out in terms of strategy and the structure and everything else. Um, so, you know, yeah. whether it's for me, like I said, it's being a business with my wife, but that's where I think having the right co-founder or the right partner is important too. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's it is, and, and I wanted to uh, I wanted to ask yeah. you a little bit about that. If if somebody's listening to this or watching this video and and they're going, ah, oh, it's all right for you guys. You're already down the track with your business. You know, people that listen to this show are in all sorts of places in their business. Sometimes just kicking off, and sometimes falling off a cliff because it's not going so well because of all this COVID craziness. What would you say to somebody that had lost a little bit of faith? And how would you help them get back on the horse and, and keep moving forward? Well, so so the thing I would say is like, you know, first and foremost, like bad stuff happens, right? And sometimes it happens to good people. It is what it is. Like we're in an unprecedented, unprecedented economy right now. Like this is crazy. Yeah. But the thing I would say to that is at the same time, you got to figure out how you can be flexible on that. And and as much as it stinks, like I have a friend that um, he ran, he runs a very successful weight loss company and they have several offices that patients would come into and they would work with them, whatever. So they actually realized like, Hey, we don't need these offices. And they made a lot of their process work virtually and they're making more money now than they were making before. And they're not paying rent, which was a huge thing over the top of the head. Yeah. yeah. The thing I would say is, um, you know, first you got to acknowledge the situation. Like, yeah, this is a bad situation, but you look at how can I be caused over the situation? You know what I mean? Like, what is the thing I can do? Because victims never get anything, man. It's where can you be caused and where can you be somebody that's going to make things happen? Um, you know, like it's, it's a rough situation. It is, but like, look at what, um, a lot of doctors have done in telehealth, right? Like they're figuring out how to see people over the phone. Like my naturopaths in Florida, I'm in New Jersey. That's a hugely vast yeah. radius apart, but I have a call with them once every couple of weeks and we kind of work on the situation we're working on. Like I'm doing a, a cleanse right now for like heavy metals and stuff like that. So like, there's a lot you can do if you're willing to take a look at it. Now I get it. There's certain businesses that are in a really rough space, like movie theaters. Mm. Um, I don't know what they do to figure it out, but those companies will figure it out. You know, I, I know that there will be a way to do it, but you just have to look for the solution. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and uh, one of the things that I've learned in the last year or so, I've been very personally, I've been uh, very self-reliant. Uh, but mm -hmm. what I've discovered is, I've had a couple of problems and I put my hand up and I asked a few close colleagues and friends and they're like, oh man, that's nothing. You should have seen what I went through. And, and <laughs> someone's always doing it worse than you. And it's yeah. like, all right, smart ass. Well, if it's such a small problem, help me, help me solve it. And they're like, well, when I came up against it, this is how I solved it. And, you know, I think sharing the problem and, and sharing your vulnerabilities with people is something that mm -hmm. can really help you restore your faith because it'll help you. Yeah realize that you're actually still on the same track. You're going down the right path and just a little bit of encouragement from a close friend or colleague or something like that can be yeah. invaluable. Well, I know, I know for me, like I'm in a small mastermind, like it's just, it's just four of us guys. And we, we have a, a zoom call every week um, for the last two years, every week on a Wednesday. Yeah. And the, the cool thing about that is, you know, you're talking to people that are on your same level or people that are trying to grow, you know, more if they can. So you, you hear the problems other people are having in their business. So you really have that ability to bounce things off of people and kind of get feedback and things like that from people that have the same ideas and trajectory as you. And I just feel like that is just, it's really vital to take a look at things like that. I think in business, that's uh, really critical. But I think also as men, it's critical to be part of a tribe like that. Yeah. Uh, and, it's, and it's really, it's really, you know, you have your friends and your family around you and whatnot as well, but it's also important to have different versions of different tribes that are around yeah. you. We're tribal type people and, and having that mastermind <laughs> is, is a good idea. How did you get into that? Is that something that you you paid for? Is that something you created? No. So I, I literally, um, I had a friend that um, 
he's he's a pretty cool dude. They've done like 40 million in revenue off of LinkedIn. Um, wow. and uh, and he he talked to me about a year and a half ago. He goes, hey, I'm thinking of putting together the small mastermind. Like nobody's gonna pay for anything, but like you know, I think in like three or four of us, and we all just commit to being there each and every week. And then one person presents presents their problem each week. So like one person gets the floor, and we kind of go through that person's problem, and it, it kind of helps to sort things out. So like, it was really just the friend that was like, Hey, I'm looking for some feedback. Um, if we get some more people in here to look for some feedback, let's support each other. And it's honestly, for me, it's been one of the best decisions I've made because I've sorted out a lot of the problems that to me were big problems, but you put them in front of somebody else and you're like, all right, so we're going to fix this part of the process, fix this part of the process. Cool. Here's a new finished product. And I think a lot of times when you have that feedback, it really helps. Yeah. It helps you keep the faith and accelerate, uh, the momentum in the right direction. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And some weeks you need it more than others, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> all right. All good stuff. All good stuff. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit of uh, your world with us and, and sharing your views on the go all in mindset. I really appreciate that. I want to move on to command your brand. And I love the name, by the way, it just kind of rolls off my tongue so beautifully. <laughs> is that something that came up uh, really easily for you guys? Or is, is that something that you worked on for a while? So I'm a big believer in surveys. So like one of the things we did is we came up with a few different names and we surveyed different parts of it. Like we surveyed was the first word going to be command, you know, what was, what was it going to be? Now here's the part where we went wrong, Robert. And this is the part where we really screwed up, man. Uh, we didn't check who owns the URL before we, we came up with the name. Yeah. So what we ended up doing in the beginning is we looked and we were like, all right, command your brand. That's it. So we registered, you know, the limited company and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, we, we took a look at it. Like, all right, cool. It's time to buy the website address. I'm like, all right, well, I didn't look, I'm sure nobody's sure. Nobody's got it. It sounds like a very, not a, not a very desirable name. So I looked on, on uh, GoDaddy and somebody had it. There was no website there, but somebody had it and they're sitting on it for $10,000. I'm like, Oof, that may not have been the best idea. So I go out and I buy commandyourbrand.media. Um, then we have two really, really great years of business. I reach out to the guy that owns the website and he goes, I've taken a look at you and I've realized this has really big value to you. So the price just went up. I'm like, you're kidding me. I tried to like reach out to the domain owner and see if I could get a deal. So I waited another year and I, I found a domain broker. So you find that's somebody that like buys domains for other people, but they don't have to disclose who they're buying for. Mm. Um, and he goes, I got this. So he negotiated the price of me for like $2,000 and we bought commandyourbrand.com. Uh, it took like almost four years to get there as you can hear. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a great name. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the lesson there is start out with the URL and then go yeah. everything else. <laughs> it's a good idea to survey, man, but make sure nobody owns that URL. <laughs> yeah. The other side of that, I had exactly the same experience, exactly the yeah. same experience uh, with an Etsy store that I was setting up. So uh, we're doing that. Me and my missus were setting up the Etsy store, do a bit of e-com. And uh, I said, what are we going to call this thing? You know, it has to be something generic. And she said, I had a business years ago called Individual Taste. And I was like, let's just revive individual taste. That's perfect. And she's a chef by trade and it was a catering company and stuff, but that kind of fit across the Etsy sort of uh, theme. It worked in for anything, right? Especially the products and yeah. things that we were doing. Um, and so I went to Etsy and I, and I, I looked and yep, you can have that name. No, nobody's got that name. So I went away and I, I did all the things you just said. I went and registered the domain. So the .com.au was there and we're in Australia. So that's good enough. Someone owned the .com, whatever. I didn't care. And then, I went and registered the business name. 
So pay the money to register the business name to put it under my company. And then I went back to Etsy and said, okay, individual taste when I set up the shop. And they went, no, no, you can't have that. I'm like, what? What? And all that other stuff, you know, like I went, I bought the domain, I set up the Gmail, I went to the ABR, I registered the business name. So, what, so you, did you look for the name first and you didn't grab it? Is that what happened? And then you came back around and it was taken again? Well, they said that there's no shops called that, but Got it. you can have individual taste co or individual taste shop or individual taste store. And they gave me a bunch of different options. And I'm like, but there's no stores there called individual taste. I was like, damn, you know, like, anyway. It's, oh, it's like, like, a re, like a reserved name or something like that. Oh, my gosh. Lesson, lesson learned, right? Lesson learned. So <laughs> it happened to you at scale. It happened to me on like a little micro scale just in the same. It's funny how parallel the, our universes are. That's really interesting. But that positioning thing is so important to that, right? Because you want to own, you want to own, because that's really, that's real estate. You want to own the right stuff there so that people can really consider you in that. And you want to own those, those, uh, those places you want to own that in Facebook, you want to own that in Instagram, in TikTok, yeah. and every other piece of social media as well. So you got to be really careful when you're setting yeah. up like that. It's a good lesson to learn. Yeah, like we've been in good shape with like we haven't had a problem on Facebook. Like we've got the the uh, the handle on Instagram and stuff like that. But the problem with the Twitter is the place we ran into a problem, and it's not that somebody else owns it; it's that there's a character limit, and we're one letter short in their character limit. I'm like, you're kidding me. How do you <laughs> So we just went with CYB Media on Twitter. That's what we've been for a bunch of years. That'll do. <laughs> Beautiful. What, what's your handle on Instagram? Command your brand. Instagram, we're just at Command your brand. But they have it for some reason on Twitter, they have a character limit of 15 characters. So we were like one short. Damn. Damn. <laughs> what's, your, uh, what's your favorite social media there? Where can people connect with you? So I do, surprisingly, my biggest following isn't on Twitter, but I actually spend the most time on there every single day. Um, but um, Facebook, Facebook uh, at Jeremy Ryan Slate, I'm doing a lot, but I spend the most time on Twitter, surprisingly. Yeah, right. Is, is it a time sap for you? Or is that something you enjoy? I just, I find that I get a lot of my news and information from Twitter. So I tend to spend a lot of time there because you, you tend to be able to get a lot of different stuff you can't get on other platforms. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it is a little bit of a time suck. I need to spend less time on Twitter. <laughs> we, I think we all need to spend less time in social media, just in general. That's just a, a yeah. part of a rule. Yeah. Someone needs to just like take my phone for a couple of weeks and just not let me have it. I think that would help. I actually deleted Facebook off my phone for a couple of weeks. Wow, how'd that go? How the, how was he, how was that experiment? Well, it's a bit tricky because I need to use it for business and and to do ah. that. But all, all I did is it just divided my time a little bit better and and kind of put a slice of my day into Facebook and marketing and putting stuff out there and doing whatever I need to do there. So because uh, I have a lot of a lot of people connecting with me in Facebook yeah. via just a message about the show, so I get a lot of feedback back through uh, about the show back through Facey. So, and I took it off my phone cause it's a massive distraction. Whenever I go, oh my God, yeah. I feel like I'm always replying to somebody in a message. When well, you're always like scrolling for no reason. You're like, why am I doing this? Yeah, and I'm just talking <laughs> to random people. So, but please keep the feedback coming. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. I'll, I will respond, but I'll just do it at my desk. I'll do it at my desk. Absolutely. So that's all good. Mate, I wanted to talk about podcasting a little bit cause you've got a huge amount of experience doing that. Yeah. At, at what point, uh, so you've got probably four times the experience that what I've got there in my own show. I think I've done, I've done about 200 interviews like this uh, and I've done about 200 interviews that I've appeared on as well. And I freelance for a couple of different shows and that as well. And I'm, and I'm building some other things in the background, but I, I feel like there's, there's a tipping point with podcasting and I, and I don't know where it is and no one will tell me where it is. It, yeah. Was there a tipping point for you where it all just sort of just came together was it around 500 or 600 or 300? Where was it? 
So for me, like, and, and I guess there's it, the tipping point is different depending on how you look at it. Like, I know for me, like, um, we got a lot of momentum early on. Like, um, I was kind of willing to, before I knew there was like automation, I did like all this stuff like manually, which is crazy, but I sent out like thousands of LinkedIn messages. I sent out, you know, hundreds of Facebook messages, all this stuff because I knew subscribes were the major stat. Yeah. So I was trying to get as many people as I could to subscribe because I knew that would like push up my rankings. And this is back in 2015 when uh, new and noteworthy was still a thing. Mm. So, you know, I got into that new and noteworthy for eight weeks and it really helped me to get a lot more my mental visibility, get noticed and stuff like that. So that really helped me early on. So like we had 10,000 listens in our first 30 days and we, we had quite a bit after that. So I guess like in that sense, there wasn't a tipping point, but we had a really gr big growth curve as well. Um, around episode 154, uh, I saw we had Grant Cardone on the show and I saw you had him on your show as well. Yeah. And um, it was a big growth point for us because, you know, he happened to tweet us out and put us on all this, his other social media platforms and it really created some great traffic for us. Mm -hmm. So we had a lot up from then, but also at the same time, like you look at other aspects of it. Like I feel like as an interviewer, um, the growth curve for me wasn't until like 200 or 250 that I really felt good as an interviewer because you do a lot more interviews, talk to a lot more people and you work it out. So there's that aspect. And then just, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I have a good answer to this question because it's kind of just been a consistently doing the same thing every day. And then I'm always trying to get bigger and better guests. So it's been, been a lot of years and kind of working up to that as well. No, no, you, you answered it succinctly and exactly better than anyone I've ever asked actually oh, cool man I, like <laughs> I appreciate to, that I like to interview more experienced podcasters than me because there's always something to learn from that and and uh, you know there's a couple of questions that I've written here is is there somebody that you've interviewed that really just blew your mind and knocked your socks off and you know the 800 odd interviews that you've done there and a bunch of other things that you've done in your business in the process yeah is there somebody that really stands out in your mind there's so many though, because like Grant Cardone was awesome because I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of everything 10X. So that was just very cool for me. Um, at the same time, like I got to interview some of my favorite athletes, which is very awesome. So like just that experience is great. Like um, I'm a huge Green Bay Packers fan, the the football team awesome. and uh, uh, well, American football team. Yep. And uh, and uh, I got to interview AJ Hawk, who was the middle linebacker for a number of years for them. That was great. Or I interviewed my favorite New York Yankee, Nick Swisher. That was an awesome experience. So, and, but then again, like I also interviewed uh, General David Petraeus, who's the former director of the CIA. Wow. So like I've had some really awesome guests that it's just kind of like, it's so hard to pick one, you know what I mean? Because there's, there's just so many experiences. You're like, I've learned something from just each and every one of them. And I, and I think that's, that viewpoint's really important too. Like you need to approach each one of these interviews. Like there's something you can learn from it. Yep. Like once you stop approaching it that way, I just, I don't feel like there's a reason to keep doing this. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I often find myself on a, it's Friday here in Australia in the future. And uh, uh, I often, often find well, what's it like in the future, man. Is, is it cool in the future? I'm trying, man. It's like warm outside, you know, <laughs> there's, no, there's no coronavirus. It's cold and rainy here, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I often find myself on a Friday, just reflecting on my week. And I, and I yeah. slice in my calendar there at about midday to do that. Um, usually catch up with a mate for a cup of coffee or something like that and just how was your week you know and and sometimes i look back at it and think man i've just spoken to the most incredible people that i've ever encountered in my life and they're not yeah. always celebrities or famous people or anything like that and um i, I end up thinking you know geez i've got to do something with my life and this is but that's what i'm doing with my life is i'm amplifying their message and i'm helping you know, I, I can only reach so many people as an individual myself, but yeah. through the power of this medium and these other channels that I have, I can reach a lot yeah. more people. What's that? When you like? lift other, you lift other people up too, right? You yeah, know, like exactly. That must've been, you know, hugely rewarding for you as well. Tell us about that. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's interesting too. And 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 I, I actually had a question for you because you brought up a, a, something in my mind. I'll, I'll answer your question in just a second. But like, have you, because you were talking about like, you know, talking to your friends and stuff about like some of these interviews. Do you find, because I know I've found this, I'm interested to find what, what you've seen. Like you interview people that are really famous in certain spaces and you try to explain them to like, friends and family about how exciting it was and they just don't always get it. Right. Like, do, do you have that experience? All, all the time, all, all the time. And sometimes you interview people that are huge celebrities in their space, but if you say their name to somebody, nobody's ever heard of them. They don't know who they are. <laughs> and, and that's, that's a funny thing. Yeah. So yeah, that, that happens to me all, all the time. Yeah. Like I, I was talking to, to, to my, like uh, my wife and my father-in-law about like one of my interviews and it happened to be like, um, do, do you know who the flying Melendez are? They're like the famous circus family. No, <laughs> no. And so it happened to be the one person I've ever interviewed that my father-in-law happened to be know who they were. So he was like, Oh my gosh, that's incredible. That's a big celebrity. I'm like, what? what? So like, it, it's, it's really interesting. Like when, when people actually get it, but yeah. um, you know, I guess bringing it back around then um, what was your question again, since I took us kind of off track here. <laughs> no, no, that's, that, that's a good point. No, my, my question was um, we can only affect so many people as individual yeah. ourselves, uh, but through the power of this medium. And, and as you say, like you, your, your father-in-law knew somebody who you I don't know. And you kind of, yeah, I guess they must be somebody in their space. What's it been, what's your experience been by reaching so many people and, and being able to amplify your message in the process? What's it been like for you? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, like, I guess there's a couple experiences that I think of. Like the first one is I, I spoke in, uh, in Kiev last year in Kiev, Ukraine, ah. and it was the biggest audience I've spoken in front of. And, and the, the most incredible thing is like, and you like stand in front of that group of people. And for a second, you just kind of take it in. You're like, wow, they're all here for me. Like, this is incredible. So like, you kind of realize that, I guess when you physically are with people like that, you realize how massive your impact is. But also, I guess on a one-to-one -one level, I got an email back in March when we could like still go other places. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was, you know, we were traveling to upstate New York and I, I got an email from uh, somebody that growing up was like somebody I really admired, like, you know, a couple years older than me. And I just really had a lot of admiration for him. And he said, hey, I want to let you know, like I had some troubles in my marriage. And, um, you know, my, my wife and I ended up, you know, breaking up and, uh, it was a really rough situation for me. And through the whole thing, like your podcast is actually what got me through it. And I'm like, I didn't even know he listened to the podcast. And I'm, to me, so to me, it was like very cool that somebody, you know, I had had admiration and growing up for like that, what I have done helped them. So on a one-to-one -one level, that was like incredible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I've had similar experiences as well. And uh, the really interesting thing for me, and, I, and I'm certain it happens to every single podcaster, is you get feedback up and down the spectrum of all sorts of uh, people in society. I get, you know, feedback from 13-year-old kids and feedback from 70-year-old women. And uh, yeah. I'm scratching my head going, who the hell's listening to this thing? I can see the download <laughs> numbers and I can see there's a lot of people that listen to that, but who are those people that have got their headphones in and you and I are in their ears like that. That's a really interesting thing. So if you're listening to this and uh, hearing us talk about that, please reach out and tell us who you are because we'd love to know more about it. And I'll share it with Jeremy as well. It's kind of fun. It's it's it'll it's a little dystopian when you think about it, right? Because it's like you just you, I, I when we have these con these these conversations, like you know, you think about the conversations, and I guess you, you do consider like the listeners you're doing it for, but at the same time you think about like when you're listening to a podcast and when you're doing these different things and you're like, wow, there's people doing that with me. Like that's 
Yeah. Pretty incredible when you look at it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. People ask me all the time, Jeremy, they say, Hey Rob, can you help me get booked on some podcasts? Can you help me to do that? And yeah, absolutely. I do that. You and I are doing the same sorts of services, same sorts of things and albeit in a different way, different parts of the world and whatnot. Um, and the, the question that I get asked all the time is, Hey Rob, how many, how many people are going to be listening to the show that you book me on? Or yeah. if I come on your show, how many downloads will we have? And I always say to people, well, if I said to you to come down to my local networking group and there was going to be 70 people in that group and I wanted you to be the speaker and you had the floor for half an hour, would you come and do it? Well, yeah, of course I would. Well, what if there was 700 people, would you do it? Yeah. What if there was 7,000 people, would you do it? Yeah. What if there was 17, would you do it? Yeah, I probably, I probably would actually because you're doing it face to face. But the power of podcasting is that you're going to reach hundreds and hundreds and potentially thousands of people over the next yep. 12 months. So it's incredibly yeah. important that uh, you get your message dialed in properly and don't worry about how many people are listening to it because there's going to be hundreds or potentially thousands of people that will hear you. Why is it, do you think, Jeremy, that people focus on all of the wrong things when it comes to podcasting? Well, I'm going to point out one thing, and that's that people don't understand the difference between PR and marketing, mm. right? Like, like podcasting and, and, and speaking in front of your, you know, the, the networking group that you talk about, that's really a PR action. Like even as a business owner, you're still like the PR or public relations face of your company. And I, I think, I feel like marketing people just ruin everything, man, because like they, they look at, they look at podcasts and they want it to be a marketing action. And, and, and this is why it's not right. Because they look at it as, okay, if I get in front of a thousand people, uh, 10% of those convert this number, go to my landing page, this number opt in, this number buy my product. Well, here's the missing ingredient. If you get on and you suck, it doesn't matter how many of those thousand people are, there's not going to do anything. So I think it's really about, you know, yes, the right show and the right audience and everything else, but you need to show up as somebody willing to share, willing to help and, you know, do some great things. Like we had, we had two clients, um, both went on the same show. One was like, Oh my gosh, this is the best show I've ever been on. Like I've got all this business from the show. It was incredible. The other one's like, wow, that show sucked. I don't want to go on that show. So it's really interesting when you yeah. look at it because the missing ingredients always you yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, you can go on the best show out there, but if you're not going to show up willing to help and willing to do amazing things, it's just not going to go well for you. Mm. One of the things that I help my clients with, and uh, I'd be interested to hear how you do it with yours as well, is do a lot of preparation with them because the, the prep I think is really critical because people that come to me and say, Hey, I, I'd love to be on a podcast or I want to start my own podcast or I want to get going with something like that. I want to be in this space that, they're often experts and yeah. usually they've got a lot of experience behind them and know exactly what they're talking about. They know how to do it, but they just haven't got their message dialed in properly. And they're not, yeah. they're not, they're good communicators, but they're not able to communicate what it is that they're trying to get across in a podcast. Yeah. It's such a different nuanced format of communication. And I, I know I do a lot of preparation with people. There's a bunch of zoom calls that we do to help them get going and make sure we've got that message dialed in and we practice that a lot. What's your process yeah. like? Do you have something formal in place to help your clients as well? So we help people a lot with storytelling and, and I'm, you're, you would probably agree with me to this. Like you can have all the information in the world, but it's actually about the stories you tell, right? Because stories make it more real to people. They're more relatable to people. So we really spend a lot of time helping our clients tell a better story yeah. because yes, you can talk about like, 
you know, some of the actions you've done in your business, but then you have to bring it back to, well, and here's an actual time when this happened. You know, we had our COO there and we did this, and we did that. So like, it's really important to tell a really, really great story. You know, you can have all the data and information in the world, but if you don't tie it to a story, it's just not gonna make an impact. So that's really what we're helping clients do is we spend a lot of time on teaching them to tell a better story. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times before they ever go on an interview, they do a mock interview with me yep. because I wanted, I wanted to make sure that they're gonna pass the smell test. You know what I mean? That they're gonna, they're gonna really be a great storyteller when they go on because those are the people that make impact. Those are the people that tell a better story. Yeah, we definitely do that as well. I do a lot of that with my clients as well. And the, we use a framework and you might've heard of the framework before. It's, it's heart, head, hands, heart. So yeah. you, you be really heartfelt and build a connection with the audience to begin with by sharing some vulnerabilities. And then mm-hmm. you give people, this is the head beat, you give people a, a quick win and you show uh, the audience how you've taken a client from point A to point B. And then you bring the call for action in your methodology up sooner. And I did that to you yeah. earlier in this podcast by asking. We, we, have a, we have a similar method and we just, we really call it a different name. We just call it story message, call to action. So that, 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 that's really funny. It, it's, it's, a, it's a framework that just makes sense, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and then the other, the other side of it is using the story brand methodology, the Donald Miller story brand methodology. Yeah. That really helps people to get a framework around the, the guts of the show and the guts of the message that they're trying to get across as well. So hopefully the people that are listening to this and, and watching this can go and Google those things. And I'll put some information in the show notes about that as well to make sure that uh, you can go and find those things really easily as well. And I'll make sure the links to your uh, to your site are there as well. So people are not going to have to go poking around from. Mate, I wanted to kind of move on from this a little bit and, and just see. Yeah. Uh, have you got have you got the best shows, man? I've got I've got to be drawn on what are your best shows that you've uh, that you've done so we can put the links in the show notes so people can connect with you and discover have discovery of your stuff as well. So you're talking about one of my best episodes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I'd have to say um, my episode with General Jabez Petraeus was pretty cool, the former CIA director, just because it's a very unique interview. Yeah. Um, or um, I had three-time Indy 500 champion Elio Castroneves on the show. Oh, so it was just very cool to talk to a guy that's like goes 220 miles an hour and like how he does that. So those two episodes would probably be very, very cool if people got a chance to check those out. Nice, nice. I'll dig them out and I'll make sure that they're in the show notes as well so people can have a little bit of a look at it. If people are thinking about going on a podcast, mate, because you can get them booked and you can get them booked on some really super relevant shows because the most important thing when you go on a podcast is making sure that your message is going to resonate with the audience of the host that you're going to go and be with. But it's also equally important to go out there and get a little bit of practice. So I've been on all sorts of shows myself. I've been on all sorts of relationship podcasts before and uh, I've poured my heart and soul out on these types of shows as well. Um, And it's a real, uh, it's a difficult experience to do, especially as a a masculine blokey bloke who doesn't share his feelings very often (laughs) to go on his relationship shows and talk to a bunch of women about that sort of thing. It's really interesting. What would you say to somebody if they wanted to get into podcasting and go and be a guest? What are the one or two things that you would say that that, that could help them get a bit of a jump start and a head start on it all? So I would say like, you know, because you're saying getting into podcasting. So there's two different ways we could look at this. If you're going to start a show, I would say you have to have a very unique message. And that doesn't mean you have to have it day one, but you have to be willing to work it out and work through it. There's too many people trying to create the exact same show. So that's the first part I would say is if you're starting a show, create a unique message and, you know, continue to massage it, man. Like you're never going to know it day one. As a guest, I would say that the important thing to keep in mind is just what's in it for the person listening to me. I find too often the guests that don't do well are the ones that are like, it's all about me. We're here to service me. We're here to get me leads. We're here to get me business, you know, kind of screw the people listening to me. And it's the ones that show up willing to serve and willing to help and willing to really, you know, just service that person in front of them. 
those are the ones that do some amazing things. So I would say, honestly, the two biggest tips I would give are just mindset things. It's, you know, be unique and be willing to serve. Like it's vital. Jeremy, should people have an offer when they come to a podcast? Should they say, hey, I've got a coupon code for something or should they turn up? Because I know when I listen to a podcast, I'm, I'm often yeah. thinking, well, that was guess was awesome. And I'm usually listening yeah. to the podcast because I'm subscribed to that or I've heard that. I've lost count of the amount of products that I've bought from the Mike Dillard. I'm the same way, man. I just keep buying stuff. Yeah, I know. Like, it's, I don't need to buy anything else. Stop listening to these podcasts. <laughs> but I, I switch on Mike Dillard, listen to his latest episode, and then he's got a guest on there. And he does a really good job of doing that. Should, should somebody turn up with a product or a service or a coupon code, or is that a little bit cheesy or a little bit too? No, no, it's, it's a, it's a case by case basis, right? Like, cause if you have a product like that, a coupon code may make sense, but also at the same time, you want to make sure you're giving people the ability to continue the relationship. So usually I find it's something that gets them into your community. So um, if you're follow, if you're giving them a, a pro- offer code and they're going to come and get the product, you're going to want them to go somewhere to get that offer code. Sure. You know what I mean? So it's like, it may be getting into your email list. It may be like text to opt in. It may be something like that, but it's always about giving them a place to continue the relationship because they've just spent, you know, 20 minutes with you, 40 minutes with you, whatever it may be. So you've built a relationship. So you want to give them a place to do that. And it's, you kind of give them the option of, Hey, we've, we've got this great promo code for you, or you can do, you know, if you want to go grab it right now, that's fine. You want to let the person decide where they are in the process and if they're ready for that. So we usually say like, come up with a good offer, but at the same time, give somebody a place to continue the relationship, whether, you know, an opt-in or something like that, because you want the person to choose what they're ready for. Yeah, I love it. I love it. On that note, have you got one for us? Yeah, so we have a really cool uh, white paper called the uh, seven reasons you're not getting booked in your favorite podcast. So it kind of goes through a lot of the basic PR and media actions you need to know. So you can get that over at commandyourbrand.com slash seven reasons and the word seven or the number seven will work for that. All right, I'll make sure that that link is in the show notes. So ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this, just take a little peek at your phone and make sure you click on that link and go and grab that white paper. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll down and the link will be right there as well. Mate, what do you see as the future of podcasting? Where where do you think all of this craziness is going? I've been asked this question two or three times in the last week, just now, because they're like, people are saying to me, hey, everyone's got a podcast, Rob. You know, there's a million of them out there now. Um, and some of the statistics that I, I, I uncovered was, yes, there's a million podcasts, but about half of them haven't had an upload in about 90 days, Yeah, which means there's only half a million active podcasts. And of those half mm-hmm. million that are out there, the average number of episodes is just 17. So yeah. there's not really many. If you've got more than 17 episodes, you've been doing it for more than a year, you're well above average, which is pretty interesting. And you know, I, I think the future of it is really bright. I, I think um, a lot of people are getting into it, but they don't have the stamina to stay with it. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So I think first of all, like, you know, the consistency is really important because those 17 episodes, we like to call that pod fading, like people that make it there and then don't really make it past that. So I'd say the consistency first is really important, but I'd say as well, um, I think we're kind of in this interesting, like, um, democratization, I guess you could say of podcasting, meaning that we're seeing like, you know, people are paying attention to mainstream media a lot less. They're watching TV a lot less. They're, you know, doing a lot of these other things that listen to less radio mm-hmm. and a lot of media is now becoming user driven. So that's why people watch Netflix. It's why they watch Hulu. It's why they listen to podcasts. So I think we're in this really interesting position where when you create really good content and content that people can stand by, 
then you have an ability to number one, build a relationship, but number two, the listener is making a choice to go out and find you. So I think it's, it's really interesting that you're putting yourself in a really great position. And I think it's just going to become more of that. Um, the question I had always had is once they start taking radios out of cars, is that kind of the end of radio? Because honestly, like, unless you're in construction or something like that, where else do you listen to the radio? You know what I mean? There's just not many places that it gets done anymore. So I think we're really moving towards this more like user driven economy. Mm. And I think that's really going to help a lot more people that uh, are willing to go into podcasts and really be vulnerable and share great information and, you know, be there for people. Yeah. It's a really, really good point. I think that car point is really critical as well. You know, yeah. I got into the, I have a, a mini, an older mini is, is the oh, cool. Right mini turbo. Uh, mini turbo? Nah, unfortunately not. Uh, yeah, it's a bit of an old. It's an old oh, those are, they're fun. The, the little turbos, man, are fun because they're so light. <laughs> they're like little, little go karts, right? Get around the around the back streets and, and what like good fun. Um, but when I get into the mini, if I've been sitting at my desk like I am right now, listening to some music like I was before you came here, if I go down to the car right now and I put my phone on the cradle in the car, it connects to the car automatically and continues to play what I was listening to on Spotify yeah. like five minutes ago. So I, I don't find myself listening to the radio in the car at all, really. No. I'm either listening Same thing here. to Spotify or a podcast or I'm doing something else. I'm just not listening to the radio. So yeah, it's a really interesting place that we're going to find ourselves in, in the next couple of years. It's, it's interesting because I, it's, and I think that's why we're seeing like NPR and a lot of these, a lot of these, the BBC go heavy into podcasting because they're kind of realizing that their time is getting short. Mm. And, and I think it's going to go right in that direction. Like you're saying, because, you know, I know for myself, like even on Spotify, I save a lot of stuff offline. Yeah. So like, you know, I have my podcast and everything ready to go offline. So like, I really don't have a reason to turn the radio on unless I'm like, you know, I'm kind of like, all right, well, I guess I'll listen to the radio. Like it's, it's a real difficult action to do. Do you think it'll ever go away? Do you think the radio will ever, ever go away? That's tough to say because I know like the, the thing, the thing I'll say is as I feel like as the, the older generations start to pass on, I think it may not be here, let's say in maybe 30 years. Um, but I think it's still going to have legs, you know, as you know, like baby boomers and like other generations are kind of still here because it's what they're used to, yep. but it's going to be something that it's not just like shuts down. It's just going to age out. I think over time. Radio fade. Yeah, radio fade, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You're going to say podcasting killed the radio star. <laughs> All right, Jeremy, it's been great to have you here on the Go All In podcast and learn a little bit about you, your business, and your world and whatnot as well. And, and I'm hoping that the people that are listening to this will take a little peek at their phone and connect with you via the show notes there. I can't let you leave the Go All In podcast without putting you in the Go All In podcaster's hot seat. It's a little bit of fun to close out the show. A uh, couple of random quick questions. Mate, before all of this COVID craziness, it sounds like you were getting around a little bit doing some speaking engagements. So I had four of them booked this year and early on in the year, and that was before March. <laughs> and I was hoping to have a good year on the, on the speaking circuit and go and get paid a little bit of money and bring in some new clients. But that all came to a grinding halt. But the byproduct of going on that circuit and doing that is the travel. I love to travel and go to some places. Have you got a secret spot that I should have on my bucket list that I should go and visit? Um, so it's not really a secret spot, but I absolutely loved Budapest. Um, and we actually stayed on the, on the Danube river, which is, you say in like these hotel boats, it's pretty incredible. So I definitely say, uh, going to Budapest was pretty awesome. Nice, nice. Yeah, I had a mate I was uh, working with, uh, on a, on a pretty major IT project a number of years ago who was from there. 
Um, and he lived right, he lived probably 10 kilometers out of the city and right on this lake. And in wintertime, it was frozen and you'd go <laughs> ice skating on the lake. And in summertime, he'd go out there in his canoe and go fishing and stuff like that. And yeah, he would share all these photos. It looked like a, a beautiful, beautiful place. How long did you spend there? So um, it was it was an interesting tour because we did so we I, I had the speaking gig in Kiev. We went from right from Kiev to Budapest. We spent three days there. We went from there to, to Bratislava uh, in Slovakia, spent a couple of days there to Vienna uh, and then we went home. So it was a kind of a, like a 14 day thing. That's pretty cool. Wow. Very nice. Very nice. Got to, got to get back to Europe sooner rather than later. Yeah. Dude, like seriously, man, I, I just want to be able to travel again. Come on now. I know, right? I know. Absolutely. It's good stuff. Hey, man, what's a, uh, what's a skill that you're working on at the moment that you haven't quite mastered? You know, honestly, so like I'm a pretty even keel guy, but I do have a bit of a temper. So I've kind of been getting better at kind of hold, holding that down. And that's, that's currently a constant process, man. Patience or temper? Temper. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, what's the best piece of business advice that you've ever received? Um, honestly, just reading the whole book 10X rule because it's going to take a lot more effort than you think it's going to take, man. Bit of Uncle G stuff there, right? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I was lucky when I uh, interviewed Uncle G. Uh, I was with him for probably two hours. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, because there was a few interviews before us and it was when he came to Sydney and he was in like this Airbnb with this like panoramic view of Sydney Harbour like you would see like a, like a postcard. It was amazing. And uh, we were kind of tucked away while the other interviews were happening and we were last just before lunch. And we went and did the interviews probably an hour or so. We hung out like about 20, half an hour before and then half an hour afterwards and that hung out with his missus and stuff like that and his kids. And that was really nice. He's a good guy. Oh, that's, that's awesome. He, he, he it's, it's cool. Cause he really is such like a, an awesome guy. Like even for me, like, you know, like when I first, when I first met him, he's like, Oh, what do you do? Like you want to know all about me. And I find like, I don't feel like there's a lot of influencers like that, that really just want to know all about you and, and kind of spend some time with you, like you're saying. The really funny, funny part for me was um, like, how do you prepare for an interview with Grant Cardone? And it's, it's sort of like, well, I've read strap all of in. his books. Yeah, I've read all of his books. <laughs> strap like, in, oh, that's about yeah. it. <laughs> I'm going to get him to strap in, right? That's that's the other way. That's how I was going to do it. And um, I, I went back and I was listening to some old stuff. I was listening to Sell or Be Sold. And while, so we did a little bit of prep, then we did the interview. And then afterwards, he was making his lunch and stuff because he had a bunch of other things that he wanted to do. He just told us to hang around a little bit. And then he had an event coming up. This was on a Friday. He had an event coming up on the Monday. And he said to me, are you coming to the event? And and I said, I didn't, I wasn't aware that what's the event. And he goes, oh, we're doing a capital raise with blah, 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 doing all this sort of stuff. And he said, the tickets are $4,000. But if you, if you contact my office, we'll get you a thing and we'll get you a diamond pass for the 10X thing in Las Vegas. And all this stuff. And I was standing there and, and it dawned upon me that Grant Cardone was actually trying to sell me something. Oh, always, man. He's always selling you something. <laughs> but, but every technique that he teaches in his books and all of the things that he was doing, he was doing right there to me. And I was standing there going, oh, I just yeah, got, right I right. just got sold, man. <laughs> I'm out of here. Have a nice lunch. See you later. <laughs> oh, that's great. It's it's funny because I know like one of our sales guys um, was talking to a guy that was a high ticket closer at one point, and he's telling me like you know how the sales cycle went and like what this guy wanted. I'm like, you know what's happening right now, right? You're getting high ticket close. That's exactly what this guy's doing to you, and you're the salesperson. I'm like, just go back and handle it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, mate. Well, thank you again so much for coming on the Goal In Podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to host you here. You make it really easy as a fellow podcaster and, and an experienced host and guest as well. If people want to connect with you directly, what's the best way to do that, Jeremy? Yeah, so the best way to be either go to commandyourbrand.com or jeremyryanslate.com. 
awesome. And I'll make sure that those links are right there in the show notes. So please reach out and connect with Jeremy and his team. Mate, I wanted to give you the opportunity for the, the parting shot, the parting comment. What's the final piece of wisdom from Jeremy Slate on the Golden Podcast today? I would say like, make sure you're staying on your purpose and don't let other people pull you off of it because there's going to be times that are hard. There's going to be times that are easy, but you got to keep your eyes on the prize, man. You can't depend on, you know, other people to push you off. Um, great wisdom there. Thanks again for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. And we look forward to speaking with you soon. It's bye for now. Thank you so much for having me, man. Well, there you have it, folks. If you want to connect with Jeremy, just take a little peek at your phone and all of the links to his websites, socials, and his LinkedIn are right there. So you're not going to have to go poking around in Google for them. And make sure you head on over and subscribe to his podcast as well. And I've got the links right there to his two favorite episodes. So make sure you pop on over and check those out because they're really cool. Now, I've got a quick question for you. What is it that you're doing to close the gap from where you are to get you to where you want to be? Do you have a plan? Do you have a system, some support? Do you have something in place to help you get there? If you're just starting out in business, considering a business, or you, even if you've been a seasoned entrepreneur for years, then I've created a masterclass that will give you the strategies and the tactics to get you moving, to help you gather some more momentum and help you to break through to the next level faster than you ever thought possible. If you'd like to find out some more about that, just head on over to goallin.com.au and click on Masterclass. And you can claim a 30% discount with the promo code 30OFF. So just pop that code in at the checkout to save yourself $44. Now, if you've got a message or some feedback for the show, you can reach out via the Goallin socials or you can send me an email at any time. Just visit goallin.com.au to find out more. And just click on the contact tab there and I'll get back to you right away. Alrighty, that pretty much wraps it up for today's show. So whatever it is that you're working on, whatever you're doing, get busy, get to it, and go all in. I'll see you next time. How do I get this low? You come over and we start a fight. Never know who's wrong or right. Feel nothing when you go. I know it's not intelligent, drinking for the hell of it. But that's irrelevant now. We should talk about us. How come we're holding on? Cause really I don't see the benefits now. And you've broken my trust, so I just wonder. Why do I fall back to you? Really nothing I can do about it. Why do I fall back to you? It's like you're a drug to me. I can't quit. It's not like we're still 22 Trying something new just to pass time I don't think that we ever could work this out None of it makes sense, there's no reason why Why I still fall back to you?